If you're looking for trouble, you've come to the right place. You're in the baddest biker bar in the investment world. This is The Danger Zone. Welcome to The Danger Zone, where we get the latest take from the experts at New Constructs, where they evaluate securities on a scale of most attractive to most dangerous. They do it by digging in at the footnotes level and working their way up. Kind of backwards from the way most people do it. It's discounted cash flow analysis meets forensic accounting. And the result is that it is looking for things that, well, just don't quite add up. If they're misleading and they work in your favor, well, that would be attractive. And if it works against you, that's dangerous. Learn more by going to newconstructs.com. Kyle Gusky is investment analyst at New Constructs. Kyle, it's great to have you back on Money Life. Great to be back. Thanks. Who's in the danger zone this week? Investors ignoring the footnotes. Danger, danger. Investors ignoring the footnotes. Of course, this is your calling card, but there's a very specific reason for it, which is that we're basically into earnings season. And so you guys are doing what you do. And those folks who aren't looking at footnotes, well, they're being led astray. You guys have a report on specifically. Let's talk about the bad actors where we can show Here's the problem. And then, as a bonus, we'll give a company that's doing it right and the footnotes help out. So who's on the downside here where the, the real price to pay is because you didn't look at the footnotes? Yeah, so the first one we've got here is Coinbase. Which, of course, has been in the danger zone in the past. Yes, and the thing here is actually at its surface might seem like a good thing. They actually increased their disclosure for uh, basically impairment losses on crypto assets. And so they've broken out kind of how they show the disclosures on their financial statements. But better disclosure doesn't always mean a better business. Um, crypto impairments were $757 million in 2022, which was actually up from $329 million last year and $8 million in 2020. Um, so we've got these huge impairment losses that we basically in, count as write-downs. And we've always counted them as write-downs. So they get included in invested capital to really hold management kind of accountable for all the money they've put into the business. Um, you shouldn't be able to just write down losses um, and make them disappear. So when we include that in invested capital, it then hurts ROIC. And then with Coinbase specifically, you've got that expensive valuation that was kind of what put them in the danger zone in the past. You know, we've seen them soar this year, um, but that kind of only makes it more expensive. We've seen, you know, declining fundamentals and that valuation that could fall. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Even in an optimistic scenario, we're looking close to you know, $10 a share at best. Right. And Coinbase, of course, is currently trading in the neighborhood of $60 a share. So you know, that's an 80 plus percent haircut. The problem, of course, we're saying the folks in the danger zone are the ones who are ignoring footnotes. We're always looking for catalysts. It's always the hardest question I ask you or David Trainer Because most people don't look at the footnotes, this can't really be the catalyst, can it? Sadly, no. <laughs> we would love it if it could be. Uh, but yeah, this is definitely something that could get missed or at least not accounted for in kind of traditional models. You know, some people would just say, yeah, it's a write down, you remove it. So you don't have to kind of deal with it going forward. Whereas we kind of keep those write downs in the business um, to really hold management accountable, uh, like we said. But Catalyst, you know, we've talked about some of the different Coinbase ones. Obviously, we've seen the crypto meltdown in recent months. Um, this kind of merge up with Coinbase's stock price doesn't really match the fundamentals. And so we kind of see that long term as the business just burns cash. Eventually, it could reach that you know zombie stock status if it were to burn enough cash. Hasn't hit that yet. But there's definitely the scenario where just the fundamentals continue deteriorating here as the crypto kind of 
the momentum behind it peters out and Coinbase is, you know, back trading much lower than it is right now. Well, and at the very least, and we talk about the dangers of ignoring the footnotes, at the very least, what this tells you is it's a longer road to profitability. If you're sitting there going, well, I believe in crypto and I think the right things are going to happen. What this is telling you is it's going to take a little longer to get to anything positive. So if you were hoping it was going to happen, you're going to be waiting a little longer, right? I mean, if, if we try to boil it down and get it out of the jargon, when I look at this, I, that's the, the message that I see. Yes, exactly. You know, this is basically a business that is less profitable than you would even think. Just taking the numbers at face value, you know, ROIC of negative 33%. So yeah, we, you know, we're nowhere near earning a return on that invested capital. Um, and these kind of write downs only hurt that further. So now let's flip this around because there's a danger in ignoring the footnotes on the other side of things too, which is you can miss out on something really good. So let's talk about a company that maybe looks ugly at surface level, but you guys find attractive because you've dug in at the footnotes. Yeah, so this one is Merck Co, ticker MRK. Uh, we basically took their 10K in a couple of days ago. It looks like February 25th as we got the new 10K. And what we found was there was $5.9 billion worth of non-operating charges basically hidden throughout the statements. Um, there was $3.7 billion in acquisition and divestiture costs on page 57, another 300 plus million on page 92. So, you know, these are buried deep in the filings. And when we take these non-operating charges, you know, we, we remove them from our calculation of NOPAT to get kind of the true recurring operating or operating profits of the business. We see it's much more profitable than gap earnings would show. Uh, we looked at 2022. We've got Merck's core earnings of upwards of 20 billion, which is higher than gap earnings of 14 and a half. So obviously gap wasn't saying this was some unprofitable company. But if you're not reading the footnotes and finding these kind of non-operating charges, it looks way less profitable than it actually is. And part of that kind of disconnect there, along with Merck's 20% um, ROIC, and they've actually got a cheap valuation, um, the stock was actually upgraded from neutral to very attractive when we got the latest 10K in. So here's a kind of chance where gap numbers look good, you know, $14.5 billion in profits, nothing to balk at. But when you actually dig in, you actually see they're actually much more profitable than you might realize. Well, and I will point out Merck, MRK, in my own portfolio. And the interesting thing here is that what this really shows to me is kind of, you know, value. We've always said value is in the eye of the beholder. But so many people say, oh, you know, value is determined by price to earnings or price to book. And this is a case where you could be looking at those things and you clearly will not recognize that you want to be buying this because you wouldn't think you're getting a great price if all you're looking at is PE, right? Exactly. Uh, obviously, you know, we've written about you know, the kind of flaws with PE and that E number is earnings. Um, so unless you're finding these items in the footnotes and adjusting that earnings number, you're getting it on either an artificially high or an artificially low earnings number. And so we like to look at price to economic book value, which kind of takes into account all of our adjustments and looks at what the no growth value of the business basically is. Um, and right now, that economic book value for Merck is actually around 143 a share. Um, so, you know, there's significant upside and just kind of a no growth value um, for this business once we take into account the actual profitability um, and what the current price is. And as we record this, Merck trading at about $107 a share. So now you see how it works on both ends, why it's dangerous, whether the stock is dangerous or not, why it's dangerous to not pay attention to the footnotes. It's the opportunities that you are missing as well as the opportunities you shouldn't take. Kyle Gusky, great stuff. Thanks so much for joining me to talk about it. Thanks for having me. 
Kyle Gusky is investment analyst at New Constructs. Learn more about what they do at newconstructs.com and on Twitter at New Constructs. And we are heading for home on the Monday, March the 6th edition of Money Life. Up next, Ed Clissold, Chief U.S. Strategist at Ned Davis Research. He'll be here when we come back in just a moment. 